Welcome to Everybody Hits, our Phillies podcast on The Athletic. I am Bo Wolf, joined today by Megan Montemiro. And, and Megan, how's uh, week whatever this is of quarantine for you? How, how are things holding up in the, the Montemiro household? Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot more people out and about now that the weather is getting nicer, which has been interesting to watch. So Yeah, good we'll, and bad. We'll see how that... Mostly bad, right? <laughs> right, yeah, we'll see how uh, that continues. Uh, well, you know, I guess that is that is the big difference uh, as between last week and this week. So, yeah, ju- looking from the from inside our windows and judging people on the outside, I think, is a, <laughs> uh, a pastime that we can all enjoy. Exactly. Uh, so today, uh, our episode, we want to focus on for our, our fig jam on the uh, the sort of what if story that you posed um, on the athletic this week, which everybody can read at theathletic.com slash Phillies and. Uh, that is the what if of the the infamous Ryan Sandberg trade from the early '80s, and uh, why don't you first sort of set the scene and tell us? Uh, I mean, Phillies fans presumably know all the details, but but set up uh, exactly what happened when the, when the Phillies made that deal. Yeah, so essentially, uh, Phillies fans can thank uh, Larry Boa for uh, Ryan Sandberg, friend of not, the show, Larry Boa. Yeah, not having his uh, career play in uh, play out in Philadelphia essentially what happened was Larry Boa had a contract dispute uh, he said he had an agreement on a three-year extension with owner Ruley Carpenter before he sold the team in 1981 uh, however you know new Phillies president Bill Giles was interested in giving Boa who was 36 at the time that sort of deal so uh, they kind of got in a disagreement things were not going to be resolved and boa had 10 and 5 rights which meant that in order to be traded he had to approve any deal so he had a lot of leverage in this situation and uh the the cubs ended up being kind of in a deal landing spot since after the 81 season dallas green left uh managing the phillies to become the cubs general manager and so there was a lot of uh, familiarity between green and boa and so um, Boa had heard from Green and was aware that they were trying to work out a deal and that, according to Boa, uh, Dallas was trying to get the Cubs to include Ryan Sandberg. And so basically Boa said that, you know, if, if Dallas Green and Cubs manager uh, Lee Elia weren't there, that he would not have okayed the trade. Um, and so eventually the trade goes through. Uh, and it did not take long for that trade to not look great for the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess, well, before we get to the Sandberg, let's talk about what the what the Phillies ended up actually getting back and how that turned out. Right. So it ended up being a two-for-one deal. Uh, Boa and Sandberg went to the Cubs in exchange for Yvonne DeJesus, who also was a shortstop, uh, and as you, played... And as, I'm sorry, and, and as you point no, out, uh, part of the reason that, that um, the Cubs were able to get Sandberg thrown in, right, is because that, that Boa spat was so public that the Phillies had such uh, low leverage that they really had to just sort of accept, um, you know, the Cubs' demands. Right, yeah, I mean, that was part of the issue, and obviously Dallas Green knew the organization very well because before taking over as Phillies' manager, he had... Uh, served as a director of player development for a number of years. And so he was very familiar with the Phillies farm system. Um, you know, he was there when Sandberg had been drafted. And so, you know, he knew the player pretty well. And, 
you know, as you mentioned, Phillies didn't have a ton of leverage since they knew Boa wanted out. Um, and so they offered up Yvonne DeJesus. So the, you know, the Phillies would have their starting shortstop. Um, but DeJesus only spent three seasons with the Phillies before getting traded to the Cardinals. And after leaving Philadelphia, uh, he played only 82 games before ultimately retiring after the 88 season. It, so it's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, I'm looking at his at his baseball reference page. I mean, not not only was he he was not great in Philadelphia, but he was better with the Phillies than he was in the year before they traded for him. In '81, the year before they traded for him, he hit one. He slashed 194, 276, 233. For an OPS plus of forty four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he was one of I those. Mean, he was... Definitely, definitely more one of a um, defensive shortstop yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, this this would not have been the, the generation for him. Yeah, no, definitely not. So, um, yeah, and, and in terms of you know, you mentioned Sandberg. You know, he came up in the Philly system as a shortstop. And while it's not definitive that, you know, had he not been included and Bo has still been traded that, you know, he would have taken over at the position because, you know, there were, there were people not even just in the Phillies organization since, you know, he, he never went back to shortstop in, with the Cubs either, but, you know, it was unclear whether he could really stick at that position anyway at the big league level. Um, and so, and then, you know, he was blocked at third base by Mike Schmidt. And at the time um, they had Manny Trio at second base and so there was no real clear path for Sandberg anyways. So certainly that didn't help, you know, if the Phillies were really committed to not trading him, they really didn't have anywhere to play him either. Um, although, you know, kind of ironically, less than a year later, they traded Manny Trio, um, mm-hmm. as well as Julio Franco, who was the prospect coming up, um, the shortstop prospect coming up. So yeah, it, it, uh, it, didn't take long for that trade to go south <laughs> yeah i mean and and so as as de jesus um you know doesn't play well obviously sandberg not only not only like do we know that that he goes on to a hall of fame career but it happened it happened so quickly right like he was very good as a rookie uh, i think finished sixth in rookie of the year voting in in 82 the year of the trade um and then two years later as you point out in the story he's he's the mvp so uh I mean, what, how was everybody so wrong on, on Sandberg as a prospect? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the one thing, too, to keep in mind, um, and something that is talked about in the story and something that Sandberg addressed was, you know, that first year in 82, his rookie season with the Cubs, he started the season one for 31. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's on the Phillies, are, you know, as a playoff contending sure. team as patient than the rebuilding Phillies. So... There are certainly ripple effects to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he working with Cubs manager Jim Fry, um, who really helped him refine his approach and his swing to become more of a power hitter, made a huge difference. They started working together in 84, and that was the year he won uh, the NL MVP. Um, so, yeah, it, it, uh, it it's interesting to look back and see that, you know, bad trades happen even before, you know, prospect rankings existed. Right. And, um, you know, clearly within the Cubs organization, you know, not everybody was sold that Sandberg was going to be a potential star player. And I mean, if you look at his minor league stats, uh, he was still really young, but he had hit pretty well in the minors at 
double A um, the year before, and then at triple A, um, you know, he was he was still showing some power. He was hitting for average, he hit two ninety three for triple A and eighty one. Um, so he had the pieces there, and he was always very athletic. He uh, actually had signed a letter of intent to play quarterback at Washington State University out of Which high school. I yeah, um, I didn't know that. That was an interesting thing in the story. Yeah, so he he was a very talented three-sport athlete, and so um, that certainly played to his advantage in terms of being able to handle moving positions and you know, his athleticism is really what helped him become a better hitter, too. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, just bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving, thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. It's about to heat up in New York. Summer is coming, so make sure to thin your thicket. Their third-generation trimmer, Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. You don't need that. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe Technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-shaping Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. And it's such an interesting uh, what-if because, you know, you have the Larry Boat, uh, Larry Boa quote in there about how, you know, he never hit the ball left of second mm-hmm. base when he was in the minors with the Phillies, and, you know, then all of a sudden he finds this power stroke. Um, but, like, it's all, all the, the, you know, the idea of a what-if is so, like, in, in, in the middle of a game – I always think it's silly to be like, well, if they had just gotten this out, then, uh, you know, you look at what happened in the rest of the game, then it, it would have uh, gone this way. But, like, the butterfly effect of a game where everything is uh, so dependent on, like, the inches of a pitch or something like that is so crazy. There's no way to know. And it's the same thing for Sandberg. Like, uh, this guy who turns into a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, maybe it, maybe it does, he doesn't have this great career if he, if he stays in Philadelphia. And then, you know, then you go down the line of how many people – uh, are like that and how many people uh, could have been Hall of Famers if only they had been in a better situation. So, um, you know, that's how, that's how you sort of get lost in the what-ifs. But uh, it, is a, it is a fun thought exercise. Well, and I think, too, as, you know, I grew up in the Chicago area and, you know, you know, growing up, parents are Cub fans. And so Sandberg was, you know, always such a beloved figure among Cub fans. That 84 team he was on. Uh, that won the division and, you know, should have beaten the Padres to get to the World Series. You know, he he was the Cubs fandom, you know, from the early mid-80s through the mid to late 90s. And so you take that out, you know, do the Phillies – or, sorry, do the Cubs, um, you know, continue to draw fans and, mm. you know, bring in a new generation of fans? Um, do they – get the attendance numbers that they started getting, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, um, because of some of those good teams in 84 and 89. And so it's really interesting to think the lar like the big picture ramifications, like you say, uh, you know, what happens if he is not part of that. And, you know, I thought it was interesting too, that, you know, Bo is pretty, pretty convinced that had, 
you know, Sandberg not been traded and, you know, if the deal never went through and say they both were on the Phillies, um, that the Phillies would have won an, another World Series title. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. And it, it's more comforting to think that he would have still had a Hall of Fame career in Philadelphia than uh, than to think otherwise. Um, but what was his what was his sort of um, demeanor in when 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 you broached the subject with him? He liked the idea. He was, uh, I didn't really have to convince him to talk about it. Um, I think the one thing, you know, from covering Sandberg when he managed here, um, you know, the one thing that he always enjoyed talking about was, you know, his career, his playing days, you know, guys he saw or went up against. And so I figured he would probably be pretty good about looking back on that. And I think anytime now you're almost what, 40 years uh, removed from the trade, you have the the perspective of how things played out. Um, I do think it was interesting that, you know, he said that he really doesn't have any what ifs or wonder how his career in Philadelphia would, would have played out, which I think is interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure it helps that he went on to have a hall of fame career with the Cubs, but um yeah, I mean, he did play in uh, a handful of games for the Phillies before getting traded to the Cubs. So, right. um, but his his what if was the that football career as mm-hmm. he touched on. Yeah, 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 and uh, he he doesn't he didn't sound very optimistic that that football yeah. career would have turned out well. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and then and then what was um, you know we we heard your conversation with Larry Boa on the on the show a couple of weeks ago but what was his um, just general demeanor on on the the what if idea and he and as well, you say in the story he doesn't really like to talk about that <laughs> that uh, that little beef with with Philly's management right and and you know having talked to him before about the trade you know obviously um, he he isn't thrilled with how necessarily he handled that. Um, but I think it says a lot that eventually both sides were able to move past that. And, you know, obviously if, if they hadn't, I don't think you would have seen uh, Boa sure. manage the Phillies like he did. So obviously it's a little bit of a tough subject to, to rehash that. But, you know, you know, when you think you have a, uh, an agreement and you feel like it's been broken, I can certainly understand someone being upset, especially, you know, at the, at the age he was at, I mean, that was really his last, uh, contract. And so it's in, in my thoughts, you know, understandable that he would be bothered by that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I mean, he enjoyed talking about it and he enjoyed looking back on, uh, his relationship with Sandberg. Um, you know, obviously they, uh, remained, close uh you know boy worked with sandberg when he managed here and so yeah they certainly developed a relationship you know through that through being traded together really because of, at, at the time of the trade Bo's exposure to sandberg was pretty limited to essentially those 30 or so days that sandberg right. was in the big leagues as a september call-up so it's really interesting to see even how you know friendships um you know that continue on for almost 40 years can occur from something like that. Sure. Uh, so how did you settle on this as the, um, the, the what if that you wanted to, to focus on? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was honest. I, I think in part because having grown up in the Chicago area and being mm-hmm. very familiar <laughs> with this trade in terms of just what it meant, obviously to uh, the Cubs and Cub fans. Um, so it, it kind of pretty quickly, 
came to mind. And I thought it'd be more interesting than doing something than say like, oh, you know, what if they didn't give Ryan Howard that contract extension? You know, I think I think delving into things where um, maybe younger fans aren't as familiar with it and older fans maybe either learn something new about it or kind of get to remember that moment and, and think about the what ifs as well. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting and, and having known both Boa and Sandberg from covering them, um, I figured that they would be interested in kind of rehashing and, and give some good insight into how things, uh, played out. Yeah. I thought it was a, a fun, a fun read. So I hope that everybody uh, checks that story out on the athletic. The other thing we have to, we have to check in with you on Megan is, uh, how are the Phillies doing right now with general manager Megan Montemiro? Uh, well, I will say we are still above 500, so All good right, news okay. there. Treading However, um, still six games back of the division lead. Still so early, right? Not so good. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, uh, we're, we're in early mid-June right now. So okay. um, coming off a three and two week. Uh, it I has will to say... be I, I, it, the the thing that must be the most uh, like I wish this was real is is the traveling in time to mid June, not even the yes. uh, presence of baseball. But like I w- I wish it could be mid June already. Uh, that would be quite nice. Um, I will <laughs> say in this in this simulated season, uh, you know Bryce Harper is just having a pretty ridiculous okay uh, season for the for the Athletic Phillies. Uh, so uh, that's encouraging um, because he has uh, about, let's see, he has 24 home runs right now. Ooh. So that's that's pretty impressive. Um, it's like but a, in it's general, like a 60-ish homer pace, right? Yeah, yeah, that's not too shabby. Uh, so the downside is that the offense basically still isn't hitting, and uh, that's a bit troublesome. <laughs> um, so. You know, it's funny because it's like you're trying to find ways, especially since I guess, in the, you know, we're about like a month off from the trade deadline at this point. Uh, you're trying to like think of ways to improve the roster. But, you know, just as in real life, the Phillies don't, don't really have that many offensive right. positions they can really upgrade when you look around the diamond. I mean, you have guys locked into all these spots. And so it's really tricky trying to figure out a way like, okay, this offense – is not doing well like what can what can you add to make them better and you are really limited by the options you have um so yeah if anyone has any suggestions i am open to them uh because uh things are a little rough at the moment um but i will say uh spencer howard has been called up uh anyone who's been anybody who has been awaiting uh his arrival should oh, that's be right. he happy. Had his, he had his debut in uh, in Coors. And, yeah, in Colorado. So yeah. you know, good managing there. <laughs> um, um, but hey, you know, you gotta do and what how, you gotta and do. How's he, and how's he doing? Uh, so he he finally did take his uh, his first loss. Um, but on the plus side, I mean, he's definitely not the worst uh player on the team (laughs) so i will say that's good at least but yeah and that's another thing too it's like okay how do you figure out how to improve the pitching staff like you know do you give up um 
you know, prospects to try and get a better pitcher? Do you just try and like, you know, ride the wave? How do you kind of figure out what the best way to do that is? And so, again, not not the easiest solution at the moment. Um, and it, and I think that's one of the things that for anyone who plays this game on their own, um, I think it's interesting. You know, it's so vast in terms of like you know they have Dominican Summer League players available, <laughs> so it it goes pretty in depth in terms of how of how you can run an organization through this game. So um, yeah, so far Spencer Howard not doing too shabby, three point oh five ERA uh, through four starts, so he's bringing some stability to the rotation, but. Um, the team uh, is, needs to get on track. <laughs> and who is uh, who's in first place? Is it the the Braves or the Nats? Uh, the Nationals are a half game ahead of the Braves. Gotcha. Well, and then the Mets are struggling. They're struggling. They're, they're struggling. Struggle bus right now. They're That's they're, hard, they're in hard fourth to place. That could be the case. <laughs> I know. So unlike them. So is, yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, been interesting. There are certain times when you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with a free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman/Hits for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash hits for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Any? Are there any, like, is there anybody who is playing surprisingly well? I know that you have said that uh, Reese Hoskins is not um, generally well-regarded in, in the out-of-the-park uh, simulation so far. Uh, Gene Segura has been having a great season uh, yeah, right now. Right, right now, you know, he's approaching 300 at bats. He's hitting 354 with a 408 on base. 354. A, yeah, uh, uh, a 628 slugging with uh, a weighted runs created plus of 169, and he's already wow. worth. Uh, his WAR is already 3.4. Wow. Yeah, he has 16 home runs. So. Wow. Gene Segura, power hitter. <laughs> right, yeah. If you if you flip that with Reese Hoskins, you would you would think that that was more believable. But hey, good. good. I think I think that's just good general managing. I think that you whatever conversation you had with him in the spring really uh, put a pep in his step for the rest of the year. Well, don't forget he he got into better shape in the off season, and so it's <laughs> it's already paying off for him. Uh, yeah, and I will say, although the Michael Givens part of the trade is still not. Mm yielding very good results chris davis is uh six for 16 for the oh, phillies right yeah. now very with nice. a home run and three rbis so there you go i like it uh all right well uh i guess that's i guess that's about all we've got to talk about no uh you know no headway made on any plans for the return of baseball but uh we'll, we'll still be here every week so um 
I don't know. What are you What are you looking forward to do over the next uh, week or so, Megan? Well, apparently it's supposed to be very rainy and unpleasant this weekend, so uh, I need to. I, I have to catch up on two of the episodes from the uh, the Jordan Bulls mm. documentary. There you so go. Are, gonna, what are you Are you watching anything good these days? Um, I'm trying to think what I have been watching. I've been I've been watching that. Um. I, ha- I do have a PS4, so sometimes oh. I'll play my brothers, and uh, I have three brothers, so sometimes I'll play them in, like, MLB The Show. Oh, nice. Um, so Fun. by the time this this quarantine is over, I can be a ringer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. What about you? Wa- you I've watching, watching anything good? Um, uh, catching up on Justified, which is great. Making my way uh, through Ozark with my wife, which is just okay. And then uh, trying to make it through Halt and Catch Fire, but this the first season is not not uh, setting me on fire. So yeah, that's what my my worry is. I don't know how you feel about this when the Eagle season starts, but like as soon as the baseball season starts, if I'm watching a show that like is not something you can binge watch, that's like a one episode mm-hmm. a week kind of thing. I I. I do not stay on top of that, <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I don't want to start. I don't want to start something that I'm not going to be able to finish before you know potentially baseball resumes. Right, I got you. Yeah, that is got to find that a, sweet that spot. But you know, at least you'll have a bit of a heads up for <clears throat> when that season's going to return. <laughs> True. Uh, all right. Well, Megan, a pleasure as always, and thank you to everybody for listening. We will be back next week with another edition of everybody hits and uh and shout out to shout out to the gelbs i hope they're they're hanging in with uh with little baby gelb so uh thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon